0: Welcome to the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Med Street Journal podcast. I'm your host as always Rodney Hu. Today I'm joined with another special guest Miss Martha Futterman Troop. She is a director of sales and business development at Life Group and they're well-respected global manufacturer of pharmaceutical products, as well as customized empty capsules for pharmaceutical and nutritional supplement products that are dedicated to the greater purpose of enhancing life through cutting edge innovation, education, and medical research and development. The company solves complex development challenges for the healthcare industry, and they currently have operations in North and South America, Asia, and Europe. So, that being said, I'm excited to have Martha on as a guest. So, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Rodney. I appreciate um, you inviting me today.
0: No problem. So, yeah, why don't we just jump into it? Why don't you give people a brief background of who you are and kind of how you got into the healthcare space?
1: All right. Well, um, I've been in healthcare now for about 20 years. I started off and actually in diagnostics. So, that's like When you go to get an MRI or CT, or if you have to go, unfortunately, for like a nuke medicine scan, like if you're a heart patient, I started off in that space and I was a business developer there in diagnostics for a few years. And then I moved over to small pharma and then uh, as a primary care rep and then kept on climbing the ladder to big pharma. And so I worked for a big Fortune 500 company for many years. And then I transitioned over to homeopathics. For the last few years, I was doing homeopathics on um, manufacturing side, and that was very interesting as well. And now, I've taken a full step back since I've spent the majority of my career um, in the consumer-focused in pharmaceuticals as far as dealing with the actual medications. Now, um, with Caps Canada and Life Group, I am the Director of Business Development and Sales for OTC and Pharma. And we do capsule manufacturing is the lion's share of our business. In addition to the liquid fill CMO business we do, which is um, a contract manufacturing that we do with with companies as well. So that's the ten thousand foot view of who I am.
0: Nice, awesome. So. Before we record, you're kind of giving me a brief overview of Life Group and then Caps Canada. But let's just focus on the overarching company right now, Life Group, um, and kind of what's your role and responsibility that you play within the company? Like, what are you working on?
1: Well, right now as Life Group, our, our whole strategy and the way we look at things is that we have a global presence, but with a local footprint, right? So that's what we try to do. So at Life Group, we are all under the umbrella. So we, I work for Caps Canada. And like I said, what our main focus is, is providing empty hard shell capsules and both gelatin and and vegetarian formulations to the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical manufacturers. But now what we're looking forward to doing is partnering as a contract manufacturing organization for the liquid fill um, operations that a lot of companies are looking at, especially in, in different markets. So, The other thing that Life Group does, in addition to our Caps Canada empty shell and liquid fill business, is we have Capsaline, which is a business to consumer e-commerce organization. So which is great because a lot of people want to or smaller, much smaller entities than your big pharmaceutical and nutraceutical companies, they also want to be able to package different products for for health. And so one of the things that Life Group has done besides having Caps Canada is having that Caps line business to consumer e-commerce where um, your everyday individual can go and buy capsule shells in small quantities for whatever they need as well. But as a rule, um, what we do is we manufacture um, not only the empty hard shell capsules, but in Latin America, we also manufacture OTC products, over-the-counter products. And pharmaceuticals that serve Latin America and other global locations. So, what we're trying to do now is we want to expand that import business that we do in Latin America to bring it into the U.S. as well, because we're all here in the Americas, and and that makes a lot more sense for um, keeping supply chains consistent.
0: Nice. So, you're talking about like capsule manufacturing and. I've been seeing because, like you said, you like make a gelatin sort of capsule. Correct. What sort of like trends are you seeing in the pharmaceutical space as far as like drug delivery or medication delivery? Because just even from that gelatin, I've also seen other companies that have like timed drug delivery, or it's like a consumable pill or something like that. But I'm curious, like someone who's in there, like what sort of trends are you seeing happening in this space?
1: Well, the overall trend overall since the 70s has obviously been moving a lot of the production offshore. So that's like the the trend for the last 40, 50 years. The recent trends that we see within capsule space in particular, as far as the delivering the drug, yeah, very big thing. And something that we were pioneers of is what we call our K-caps, which is what plant-based capsules. Most other people will know them as like HPMC caps. It's like a so it's, va- it's a vegetarian capsule. And so that's really big because although gelatin is used for the most part in the space, um, vegetarian and being able to say that something is a clean product, quote unquote, and has no animal byproduct whatsoever, I think has been a big trend in the capsule market over the last few years. In addition to, yes, there's a big need for what we call Um, delayed release capsules. We have an AR cap that we work on, that we're working on as well. And that is a very big trend in the market because of the importance of biologics and probiotics that we're understanding in medicine now. A lot of pharmaceutical companies and nutraceutical companies are looking for, like you were alluded to, capsules that will actually make it through digestion and get into the lower intestine so it can be released there. And for that, you need what we call like an enteric capsule. That is, I would say, the biggest demand that we're starting to see, not only in nutraceuticals but in the pharmaceutical market as well.
0: Uh, Okay, that's interesting. So pretty much, what I'm getting is that new discoveries, new advancements in medicine that you guys are learning, is leading to new advancements into the technology and how you're getting that medicine delivered to the right people. And so, from your yeah, that goes
1: hand in hand, absolutely.
0: Awesome. And so from your perspective in your company, what sort of like milestones or accomplishments, discoveries stick out to you guys that you're excited about?
1: Um, well, like I had mentioned before, you know, we were the pioneers in the 90s um, for what we call K-caps, which are the HPMC caps, because before then there was only gelatin capsules Um around the world. And so hypromellose or the really long technical chemical name, the hydroxypropyl methylcellulose um, is one of the things that we pioneered here at CAPS Canada. And recently, we're able to, to get our vegan certification, which is recognized globally, which is a really big deal. So we were really proud of that. One of the other things that we're very proud of as far as like the gelatin and what kind of makes us different from some of the other companies around is our gelatin is um, all bovine hide, no bone, so you don't have to worry about mad cow disease or any of those other things that you can find in the bone. And we don't do any porcine um, sourcing for our gelatin, so it's only bovine, which helps for a lot of the globe. You know, you have people who are halal or kosher, and this is important for them um, when they're taking their medicines. Um, so, our ability, because we actually owned the gelatin supply as well, as far as like the farms in Latin America that produce the gelatin supply, it gives us an ability and advantage because we have a vertically, vertically in, in, um, integrated supply chain. So that means that we have uninterrupted supply and we have um, complete traceability and superior quality of our raw materials because we have control of them from jump from the very beginning of the process. So that's something that we as a company had made sure to be doing our entire, for the entire 30 years that uh, CAPS Canada has been around and we continue to do so. Um, one of the other things that I personally, am very proud about um, with CAPS Canada is our technical service department. I have, I've got to say that the people that are in our, our technicians and our technical service trainers and the people we send out to help the manufacturers calibrate the machines to do all of the intricacies um, to, to fit the capsules and, and all of that fun stuff. Our team is second to none with their online and in-person training for the customers and just the availability of the information we have on the web for anyone who goes on our website. I've It's really nice to see the, uh, the willingness that our technical team has to, to help our customers um, run smoothly.
0: Nice. So... On your end, are you guys just creating the, the actual capsule and then partnering with other companies who have the drugs, the medicines to put inside the capsule? Is that kind of where you guys play in the process, or do you guys handle everything from the drugs and the delivery?
1: No. For the most part, so Caps Canada, we're pretty much solely providing empty hard-shell capsules to both the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical markets. Um, We do with Caps Canada is one of our newest things that we're we're venturing in on is moving into what we call the liquid fill space. So there's a lot of um, supplements that come in a liquid formulation that they wouldn't work well in a powder or pellet formulation. So in that capacity, yeah, that in that way, we're working as a contract manufacturer partnering with another company to actually create the end product that the person takes as a pill as a capsule. But um, by and large, Caps Canada, we provide the G cap, the gelatin caps, and the K caps, the vegetarian caps, to the manufacturers that are going to make, they're going to fill it with whatever they want to fill it with, whether it's a powder formulation, a pellet formulation, or a liquid formulation. That's the onus on the own manufacturer um, to do that. But that's the lion's share of what we do.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And so at the end of the day, it all comes back down to the consumer, whoever is. Needs a drug, right? Or needs that medication from your end. What sort of like problems or roadblocks have you encountered as far as people adopting this new technology, this new way of delivering a medication?
1: Well, the only thing I would say, as far as capsules, like capsules have been around forever, right? They're as um. Uh, older than tablets, practically. I mean, as old as or older than tablets. Capsules have been a delivery system to get medications into humans for hundreds of years. The difference is now how we're getting it in. What What does that hard shell capsule look like? How does it taste? We have capsules now that um, are flavored for children or for pets. We have capsules that are specifically for clinical trials that have all the different colors in them. So there's all these complicated things that drug manufacturers have to do when they're doing clinical trials. And if they do it with a capsule without all of the dyes, then they have to resubmit everything when they have to add the colors for what their beautiful capsule is going to look like as the end product that goes into the consumer. So as capsules are actually old technology, we're just finding new and innovative ways to make it even easier for the patient to consume the capsule, right? So we're always trying to find ways, whether it needs to dissolve quicker or slower or taste better or be more opaque. We're always working on those on those um, innovations to make it just the easiest thing for not only the manufacturer to use when they're using it in their machinery, but also, of course, easy for the consumer to to take and also to – reduce one of the biggest innovations in, in capsule manufacturing I think everyone is concerned with is just making sure that everything we do is completely uniform and perfect so we get to that six sigma that everyone wants to get to with no mistakes no no interruption in production and and everything going as smoothly as possible on the manufacturing side when those capsules are received so it's all about that these days. It's all about materials and and finding ways to partner and thinking of new new things you can do to work with the pharmaceutical industry.
0: Nice and just kind of listening to you speak, I was just thinking about like what would different use cases be because I remember like as a kid like I didn't always like taking pills and stuff like that. Like I'd rather take a gummy or like the Flintstone vitamins, you know.
1: Um, right, now, right.
0: Like even to this day like I'm still taking pills like when I work out like there's still some pills that I take whether they're fish oils or like pre-workout pills but you're still consuming it Uh so that's just interesting to me to see like how you guys are continually trying to improve upon how people are able to consume stuff for their body because there's so many different ways but it seems so simple (laughs) it does and you know and that's
1: the thing when you when you no one ever thinks about the capsule only no one ever thinks about how they're taking any of the medications they're taking they just worry more about what the active ingredients obviously right you worry about what the active ingredients are what the medication is no one really thinks about that one of the beauties of capsules though i will say is that you know as far as your stomach is concerned when you say about you know a lot of kids have a hard time swallowing pills and tablets capsules at least you can break them open and you can throw the contents if it's a powder or pellet you can toss that into a food or or something like an applesauce really easily so for patient compliance with a lot of your younger and your older patients yes capsules do have an advantage when it comes to that over a tablet or a soft gel because you are able to take the contents out much easier if it's not a liquid fill and and get it out into a consumable you know food Mm -hmm. of sorts same thing for 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 pets as well so that's one of the Advantages, Not to mention, you know, when you have a tablet, you know, a lot of times you have to use like a binder to make that active ingredient stick together in one little form. And that can sometimes irritate a lot of people's GI tract. So capsules, because you don't have to worry about all of the ingredients getting stuck together and sealing together like in a tablet, since it's just poured into the body of the capsule and then the caps put on it can just shake apart. It doesn't have to have any of the binders that are used in tablets. So for some people who are sensitive to those sort of binders, capsules are also just easier on their stomachs.
0: Mm, Okay, nice. So sensitive friendly, pretty much.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Is it true
0: that like capsules, like when you ingest something through the capsule, that kind of impacts how much your body and your stomach actually absorb the content versus like, if you are to just drink the powder or something like that.
1: It is true. Well, anytime you take an active medication, like an API an active pharmaceutical ingredient at any time you start, whether you're combining with what we call excipients, things to fill in with it um, or binders like you do in tablets, it's going to affect how the body is going to process the medication necessarily. Right. It's going to affect what we call it's bioavailability right? So how much of that medication is going to be available to get to where does it need to get to, right? So yeah, absolutely. Capsules are going to affect uh, the bioavailability versus taking a powder form and just tossing it into your mouth and it dissolving around your mucous membrane of your mouth versus a tablet, which is going to have a different bioavailability from a capsule. So there is some talk about tablets because of the binders having a slightly less uh, slower bioavailability than a capsule will have. So you have a slightly higher bio- bioavailability with a capsule, which for, let's say, for something like uh, an, anti, an analgesic or an anti-inflammatory would maybe make the difference between 10 to 15 minutes before like, that headache is relieved. So yeah, there are different um, effects that the, the delivery system will have on how quickly your body will be able to absorb that medication and start using it to solve its problem.
0: Nice. Okay. And so based on your opinion, what do you think needs to happen in order for like new drug delivery technology to be like widely adopted? I know you said it's already um, popping off in South America, but we want to spread it to North America and just get into the hands of as many more people as possible that you can make an impact on. So what, what needs to happen in order for that to...
1: For the liquid fill technology, I think it's a matter of, well, and as far as Caps Canada specifically is concerned, because I can speak from our point of view, I think it's a matter of making it known that there is an ability um, to have you to have a liquid fill operation here in North America. Like you said, we already have all of this up and running in Latin America. It's been servicing Latin America. For and the world for many years in both the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical capacity. But um, what we're really trying to do is, like you said, as far as technology is concerned, liquid fill technology, a lot of companies will have powder fill and pellet fill machinery that is not going to be able to be applicable with liquid fill machinery. So the operation that we have up in Canada allows companies who do not have the liquid fill operation in place to expand out their, their formulations from just powder and pellet to a liquid formulation, which with certain products is the only choice. So maybe they'll be able to do something they weren't able, they weren't able to do before, or is a better choice. And now instead of having to invest that half a million to a million dollars in the equipment that's needed to start that project, They can use Caps Canada as a CMO and we can help them with their liquid fill operation and they don't have to incur that equipment um, and manufacturing uh, complication that would come along with that, which is its own animal in and of itself.
0: Dang. Okay. That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Dang! So you see, the future trend is more people will be consuming their medication. Do you think it's better to consume it in a liquid form versus powder, or even like you see, and sometimes in the hospitals people get drugs administered through an IV. Mm-hmm. So like, do you think this would be like the most beneficial way to consume something?
1: I think it's more about having the choice, right? Like I said, some ingredients, it's the best thing you could do is put it in a powder or pellet form. It just It's it molecules, every molecule is different, right? Some are water soluble, some are oil soluble. So you have to base it on that, right? So sometimes you just, with some ingredients, there's no choice. And so if a company doesn't have a liquid fill operation, they can't even do it, even though they might want to. Um, With some ingredients, you have a choice. It might be advantageous to be liquid fill. It might be advantageous to be powder fill. I think it's more about giving the pharmaceutical and nutraceutical companies in the United States and Canada the ability to see that they don't have to ship out the CMO projects overseas to Europe um in order to get it done that we can keep this on our own shores and and do everything here on our own local north american footprint and have that comfort of knowing and the ease and the and how and it can be quicker too than having to source out to europe you know let's say um to do that sort of business because we're right here
0: nice yeah you don't have to even look or look overseas no more you're like
1: Exactly right, and you know right next door. <laughs> right and with COVID you know we saw how that how that affected us. I mean with COVID one of the first things that we worried about in the industry last year was the fact that what's going to happen with our APIs? How long is it going to last? What are we going to do if we start running out of, let's say, one of the first things we started worrying about was hypertensive medications. What are we going to do for the patients in the U.S.? I definitely think that there is a need for us as the medical community here in the United States to have the ability to to create the, not only manufacture the APIs, but the end product that goes into the consumer, the U.S. consumer, to be able to produce more of it here than we do right now. I mean, right now we're receiving 75 to 80 percent of our APIs, uh, APIs come from China. 80 percent of the drugs that we take in the U.S. come from Europe. I mean, they're wonderful manufacturers. They're good at what they do, but it would be very good and, and, and healthy and safer for us if we did a lot more of that here on our own soil.
0: I'm trying to see more made in america on these tabs.
1: <laughs> right, if only if only because it it's it's important for us when there is a global event like I don't know, a pandemic that we're able to not worry about basic things like making sure that our people who have high blood pressure are going to get their medications in 8 months. We we definitely don't want to be in a position where we feel that level of <gasps> stress again about ingredients coming from across seas and what if something happens i mean look at what just happened a few months ago with the with the liner and the delay in shipments because of the suez canal unforeseen circumstances always bring up the need for for improvements in supply chain manufacturing and what we saw in the last year was a series of unforeseen circumstances that i think exposed a lot of gaps in how we do things in, ma- in pharmaceutical manufacturing that are not hard to solve. We just have to get together and, and decide that we're going to do a little more manufacturing here in the United States so we don't run into that problem next time. Whether it's um, a geopolitical problem, whether it's a geo-environmental problem, we need to be ready for this. And I don't think that we really want to feel the same stress that we felt in 2020 as a result of that.
0: Nice. So you mentioned that. Offshore production has been a trend since way before 2020, but it's crazy how it just takes a pandemic in 2020 to kind of shift gears a little bit and get people to start adopting new ideas and methodologies. Like we already know how slow the healthcare industry is at adopting new things, but with this pandemic, with COVID, everyone's more receptive to new ideas, new information. Like people are starting to- A new way
1: of doing things. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, so, I mean, we're coming up towards the end, but I have one more question for you. And it's pretty much what sort of advice would you have for other um, pharmaceutical or manufacturing companies looking to get their technology into the hands of other organizations, get their technology adopted across the industry?
1: Well, one, my best advice for anyone really is never be afraid to say you don't know something and ask for help from those that are more experienced than you so you can learn one of the reasons i think that people who are exceptional at their jobs are exceptional at their jobs is because they've learned from those that came before them and um and that's the key. So listening and, and that comes down to listening. So what we try to do here at caps Canada is always listen to our customer, what their needs are, what their concerns are, um, whatever their, their questions are, we, we have them answered and that's the way we try to do all our, our businesses. We move swiftly. We move in a unified manner. We, um, We're a family owned group and and, and we act as such. So my advice to other people in the medical field to keep abreast of the trends, listen to what's going on, be a part of the professional societies that we have within the industry and listen to what people are saying. Some of the best things that I've learned over the course of my career have been from listening to those that came before me and knew a lot more than I did. And it's only by listening and learning from them that you can learn what you need to do to move in the right direction for this industry to protect our consumers. Because I'll tell you at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, one of the reasons why I love what I do is because I do enjoy knowing that I'm having a real effect on people here and helping people get the medications they need to stay alive, to stay safe, to stay healthy, um, it means a lot to me, and it means a lot to me to know that the products we provide are superior in quality, and we know where they come from, and I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of the team that I work for, and I think that's that's the other thing, you know, you'll only be successful if you are part of a team that you're proud to work for, and if you are representing products that you're you're proud to not only represent but consume yourself
0: nice i think that's a perfect piece of advice and an excellent way to kind of end the main segment of our podcast um but i like to end each episode on a little lighter note we've been talking about a lot of high level topics so i have an exercise called the rapid fire round so i'm just going to ask you a set of questions and you give me whatever answer you come up with okay okay all right, so question number one, what is your favorite book of all time?
1: I, I read a lot, uh, but I'll say recently, I'll do nonfiction. Right now, what I read in the last couple years um, that I loved was A Newer by Eckhart Tolle. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's kind of like, I know it's such a humdum ding answer. He's a um, spiritualist, of sorts. And it is just this amazing book that talks about the evolution of our earth and how there are always these thought leaders that are like flowers that bloom amongst us. And we all always look to them to smell that sweet sense of, of peace and calm. And it's, it's a beautiful book. And so that's my favorite one right now.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Number two, who is the most influential person in your life or career?
1: Well, in my life, it's got to be my mom. My mom was a very hard worker. She was a cashier for a restaurant for 30 years. And she worked six days a week and 12 hour days. And, and um, she never quit. And she was just such a hard worker and always took care of herself and raised me well. And, and I think about her ethics, her work ethics and her strength of character and, and how what she had to deal with coming to this country as an immigrant and And it pushes me forward professionally every day of my life.
0: Awesome. That's awesome. Shout out to your mama.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, Number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year?
1: Uh, One goal I want to accomplish this year. I would say I do yoga and I'm trying to get to that. I'm not going to put it on Instagram though. So don't go looking for it. And I'm going to try to get to a handstand. I would like to get to a, more than five seconds on a handstand if i can get to that before the end of this year i'll be a happy girl
0: what okay you got to post that somewhere you got to (laughs) let i'm not posting
1: it anywhere i'm not (laughs) posting it anywhere i'm a gen xer you're just gonna have to take my word for it i know i know it's video or it didn't happen but no sir (laughs) only you. as
0: long as you're satisfied
1: (laughs) as long as i know i'm happy
0: that would be cool though. Um, but last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self?
1: Uh, trust your intuition, trust your intuition. Even if you don't like what that voice says to you, even if it says something to you that you don't want to hear, people don't trust their intuition a lot because they didn't like what it, it just told them. It told them to do something they didn't want to do or it told them not to do the more pleasurable thing or what have you or it told you that that person you were thinking that you had a, a feeling about is right, even though you don't want to believe that trust your intuition, even when it tells you something you don't want to hear.
0: Awesome. Perfect piece of advice. I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Miss um, Martha. I want to thank you again for just jumping on and sharing what you're doing in the pharmaceutical space. Um, but before you go, where can people learn more about you? Where can they connect with you? Go ahead, plug it all the way.
1: All right. Well, um, you can always check out Caps Canada at www.capscanada.com. I am available um, via email. If you have any questions for me, it's pretty easy. I'm the only Martha here. So it's Martha at Mm capscanada.com. And like I said, we also have a life group website. And then for any of your uh, consumers that are interested on a personal level, in um, capsules there's also our capsuline e-commerce website and um and that's where you can reach us on a variety of different levels if you need us
0: awesome and i'll be sure to include those links in the resources section but with that being said that ends today's episode catch you guys on the next one